<laughs> you know, one of the great things about worship and praise. In Romans chapter 12, it says that our reasonable form of worship is to give God our lives. That's our reasonable form of worship. To sing these songs is such a wonderful addition, a wonderful benefit that stirs us, that gives us compassion, that motivates us to know just how much he actually cares for us. But think about that song, what an extravagant plan God put forth for us, how much he loved us. And he made sure his son left heaven and came to earth. <laughs> that's, that's pretty powerful, folks. That is pretty powerful. So we do. We lift his name on high because we understand what that was done, why it was done for us and what it created for us. Well, brothers and sisters, we have worked our way through to the very last segment of this all of Christ in all of me. This is the last segment today. Doesn't mean that you don't have that you can't go back and listen to the whole thing all over again, because I believe it will be of great benefit to you. But today we wanted to talk about somewhat the finality of this particular series or the, to summarize it. What does this mean to us? All of Christ in all of me. You know, one of the great things I think we miss as Christians sometimes is that there's this upon being saved. There's this transformation process that begins. We get transformed and sometimes we really miss that. I think we kind of shortchange ourselves because we think baptism is like the end, but it's actually the beginning. It's actually the beginning of a new life. When you're raised up out of the water, you begin to live a brand new life. How do we do that? This is where we surrender our will to the perfect will of God. This is where we surrender our bodies, our minds, our souls to Christ that he can now live in us, but also is able to live through us. So we want to make sure that as mature Christians, we mature in this direction. We mature in this way that we begin to give our lives away for the glory of Jesus. So all of Christ in all of me. But not just to stay in me, but to live through me. So let's have some fun today. I think as we summarize this particular sermon series, I think it'll be a great benefit to you. And I'm excited about being able to share it today. So are you ready? Are you ready to get this thing moving? All right, get out that pencil, get out that paper or ink pen or notepad or whatever you have. And let's get started. There's a statement. It says what God will accomplish in us and through us. What God will accomplish in us and through us. He's going to do some work in you, but he's also going to do some work through you. But before he can do the work through you, he has to do the work in you. Does that make sense to you? See, you can't share with me something you don't have. If you have the peace of God, if you have peace with God, then you have peace in you. And if you have peace in you, then you can share that peace with me. So then that peace is in you, but then it can be used or magnified or shared through you. Does everybody get that? So listen, let's go to first Thessalonians chapter five, first Thessalonians chapter five. We're going to read it in the amplified version and we're going to start at verse 23. First Thessalonians chapter five, 
verse 23. And it starts as it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. That is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrate it to him. Again, beautiful verse, powerful verse. I need us to expand on it a little bit, or as I like to say, unpack it just a little bit, because <clears throat> when it comes to profane things or vulgar things, you know, we can't always relate that to cuss words. But I want you to understand it is also covers profane thinking, vulgar thinking. It also covers hateful thinking, revengeful thinking. Are y'all following me right now? So, again, you may be quite comfortable in telling people, I don't ever cuss. But in your mind, <laughs> you have discussed some things, thought about some things, planned some things that were very profane and very vulgar and unclean in God's eyesight. Are y'all following me today? So it's important for us to understand that when we hear a verse like this, we don't think about the person we heard cuss the other day. Because there's so much more to it. It's not always what they are doing. It's more important about what you are doing. Somebody say amen. So it says, it says set apart for his purpose. You're set apart for whose purpose? His purpose. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ hmm. faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you to himself for your transform salvation excuse me faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you to himself for your salvation and he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as his own. Could you leave that on the screen for me, brother? Listen, who's doing all the work here? He is. He's doing it all. And I need you to get that. He is doing all the work. Why? Because God's perfect plan knew that we weren't capable of doing this on our own. So he sent us. A, a savior. He sent us a Messiah. He sent us a substitute. Somebody that would stand in the gap for us. Now, God is going to have us continue to grow our salvation. He's going to have us to continue to understand what he's doing, but he is going to do the work. He's going to make you holy. Wow, that's pretty powerful. How does he do that? See, God is the only one. Hmm, hmm, hmm who is just and who believes in justice, the only way he can have a relationship with us, he had to cleanse us. Now, we talked about this before when it came to Lazarus. Whenever Jesus came to the point of Lazarus' death, when he arrived there, Martha was mad and angry because he came late. But Jesus had two things to do for Lazarus whenever he called him back into life. The first thing he had to do was fix the thing that killed Lazarus in the first place. Are y'all understanding me today? 
then once he fixes that, then he can say, Lazarus, come forth. So Lazarus can come into new life now because the thing that killed him in the first place has been taken care of. God's plan for us is the exact same thing. He does this. He knew we needed a substitute. He knew we needed somebody to pay our debt. So he sent Jesus. Jesus died on our behalf. He paid the debt we could know. He stood in this place for us because we couldn't do it ourselves. Now, once he did that, it took care of the thing that killed us or separated us from him. That's now taken care of because Jesus took that sin. Now he's in the business of doing what? Making you holy. He's in the business of progressively transforming you into a mature Christian. How does he do that? He does that by living in you through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of you. Why? One, because you're clean. So God cannot be where sin is, but because he paid for the sin, you are now clean. So the third part of the triune God can now live in you. Now, what's his purpose to do? It's to guide you. To make you holy, to keep transforming you into a higher standard of living. Again, why is this important? When he changes us, we become the light to the dark world. So now the dark world has a light they can look to to see a difference. If we were still like them in everything, then there would be no difference. There would be no choice for them to make. But as the light shines in us. They have a choice now. They can look at us and go, you know what? I don't have to live this way. I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to be mean and spiteful and hateful. I don't have to do this anymore. There's a better way of living. Look at sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so. There's something different about them. Who is doing the something different? God is doing it in us. When you submit yourself to him, he begins to work on you. He begins to prune you. He cuts away things that hold you bound. You're no longer a slave to your desires. You're no longer a slave to your addictions. Is this good news? Read that verse one more time. Listen closely. It says faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who was calling you to himself for your salvation. And he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you as his own. I don't know of a better offer that we could get from anybody. This is an incredible offer from God. Guarding you, watching you, keeping you, all of these things, making you... Listen, (laughs) you can't get that from anybody. This is powerful. So let's move on. It says... Oh, in a second, we're going to move on. I want you to read this thing. I'm going to jump ahead to that paragraph, brother. It says, God calls us to a life of righteousness. And by our consent, he lives that life of righteousness through us. God calls us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And by our consent, he goes through us into all the world and preaches the gospel to every creature. This is what saves us from the futility of self-effort. How many of us have actually given ourselves over to Christ? 
instead of thinking that Christ should be happy that we found him. How many of us really understand that we could not create a form of righteousness, which is right standing with God on our own? The only way this could happen is because of Jesus. So do you get the point that he needs your consent? Why? Because he gives us free will. He allows you to choose to give in, to give up so he can move into you. And now all of the stuff that he wants to do in you and in the world, he can now do through you. I don't know about you. I can't think of a better plan because when I tried to do it on my own, God, did I mess it all up? And guess what? So did you. But we get this incredible chance right now to let God live in us and then live through us. All he needs is your consent. So, well, Pastor Ben, what are you talking about? I'm talking about just give yourself away. Give yourself away. Give yourself to him. You can say like I did, Lord, I've been trying to do this on my own and I've been messing it up the whole time. I know you could do it better because you know the plan. You are the plan. (laughs) Come and live in me, Lord, and guide me. Show me where you want me to go. I give you my mind, my soul, my energy. I give you my heart. So you can live in me and then live through me. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. I pray God this is making sense to you today. And uh, matter of fact, it's doing me such a good thing. It done got hot in here. I think we done done made Satan mad. He done turned up the heat in the auditorium. But don't worry, we're going to keep on moving. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to begin to read at verse 12. This is in the Amplified. Listen closely. It says, so then, my dear ones... Just as you have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. That is to cultivate it, bring it to full effect, actively pursue spiritual maturity. With all inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. You, brothers and sisters, are to work out your salvation, not work forward, because God is the one who has provided your salvation for you. When you accept Jesus Christ, your salvation is present. Now, what you want to do is work it out. What does that mean? You want to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You want to understand what Christ has done for you, what he's doing in you, and what he will do through you. As we learn that, it changes how we perceive the world, how we perceive ourselves. So part of this maturity is doing a self-evaluation. Lord Jesus, man, this that is tough. That you must sit down every now and then and go... What in the world am I doing? Why, what am I doing? Let's, let's just get real here for a minute. See, you can try to be artificial. And you can try to make people think that you're having a great spiritual walk when in reality you're not. 
You know, the old saying that Pastor Ben uses all the time, the person with the bad underarm odor is always the last one to know. Whenever you don't be serious about this stuff, the real you continues to leak out. It continues to come forward and everybody around you feels the full effect of that artificiality. So be real. Just be real. And what will he do? He will continue to have you work out your salvation. He'll continue to have you grow. He'll continue to have you develop. Why? Because he has a plan to use you in this time period. He has a plan that his great things can happen through you, but he has work in you. He has work to do for you. He has work to do through you. So he helps you to grow. See, spiritual maturity is not the fact that you've been a Christian for 45 years. That's longevity. That's tenure. Maturity is that you grow less about you and more about Christ. That's spiritual maturity. It's not about what you know. It's not about how informed you are. It's about how transformed you are. That's real spiritual maturity. So we need to understand that that's what this is. So you don't have to be impressed by people who seem to know a lot. You want to be impressed by people who are changed a lot. See, because as you be, as you go to work in Christ, he comes in you and he says, you know what? I love you. So let me show you this. Yeah, you probably don't need to carry that with you any longer. Let me show you this. You could probably prune that back because you don't need to be that way any longer. Let me show you this. And he does that for revelation, not for condemnation. Why? Because he has a plan to continue to use you. So your spiritual maturity is about you giving your consent. You telling God, Father, this mind belongs to you. This heart belongs to you. This spirit belongs to you. This body belongs to you. I give you the right, Lord, to guide my footsteps. I give you the right to guide me. I consent. I obey. Use me, Lord. And he will. He'll continue to help you to work out your salvation. Does that make sense to everybody? Again, you're already saved. You want to know what saved means. You want to understand what is the totality of this. What does this thing mean to be saved? How does that really affect me? Because it, once I understand it more, it changes my behavior. Hallelujah. Let's, let's read on. It says, for it is not your strength. Read that one more time. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work. Where? In you, both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Man, this is good stuff. He's going to work in you because he has a plan and he wants to be able to fulfill his plan on earth through you. How does he do that? When we consent, he moves into us and then his Holy Spirit guides us. You begin to be progressively transformed. Let me say it one more time. Progressively transformed. You know what's happening in a lot of places around the country? 
Unfortunately, Christians are not being progressively transformed into the likeness of Christ. The Christ that is in them, they refuse to let him live through them. They are still trying to do this thing through self-effort. How do we know? Christ is greater than anything that happens in the world. He is more powerful than anything that happens in the world. He has more power than anything that happens in the world. But sometimes because we're trying to do this on our own, when problems arise, when situations arise, we act in fear instead of in strength. He lives in you. What can defeat Jesus? Nothing. So why give in? Why quit? Why give up? I pray God this is making sense to you. We're almost done with this. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read this in the message translation. It says, the very credentials these people are waving around as something special. I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash along with every else, everything else I used to take credit for. In the Bible, he says he's going to use the small things that are little things of life to confuse the wise. I don't have a problem with educated people. Not a problem at all. I don't have a problem with education. I think education is important and it has its place. (laughs) But I need you to know something. If God can use a donkey to talk, He can use anybody to do anything. All you have to do is give him your consent. You don't have to be the greatest speaker in the world. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to be any of those things. You have to be willing. You have to be able to give your consent that the Holy Spirit can live in you and then live through you. And God can do miraculous, powerful things. Beautiful things through you. I don't care where you are on the ladder of academic success. I don't care if you have no degree or a master's degree or a doctorate degree or a master's of the... I don't care about any of those things. What I care about is where is your heart? Who have you given your heart to? Who have you given your mind to? Who have you given everything to? Because anything other than Christ is short of what he has called you to. So he'll do, he'll use you. So don't get caught up in, I'm not smart enough. I can't speak well. That doesn't matter. God can use you if you give him consent. Give yourself away to him. He'll use you to do great things. Great things. Let me read on. Hopefully this is blessing you today. It says, and why? Because of Christ. Yes, All the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. So Paul has made this transition. You know, I was the Jew of Jew. I was all of that stuff. I had the highest of educations. I was taught by the greatest spiritual minds of the world. I had letters from the Jerusalem Council. I had all of that stuff. I had the credentials. I had the okay. I had all of that stuff. No, that, 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 that doesn't make me click anymore. I'm a proud graduate of this seminary. I'm a proud graduate of this. I, again, nothing wrong with seminary. I'm just saying 
Jesus can use people who don't go to seminary. Jesus can use people who give their consent that his Holy Spirit can live in them and he will teach them what to say, how to say it, when to say it, because he is constantly at work in them, transforming them, growing them, maturing them, guarding them, keeping them. Somebody say amen. Okay, and why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going on for me is insignificant. Dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. All of Christ and all of me. Everything that I thought I had going on, I gave it all up. I found how unimportant it was. How many of us realize today that Jesus is actually anti-religion? He is. He's actually anti-religion. Religion actually has no power. But relationship, all power. Because Christ living in you, transforming you first, and then living through you, that you now become the, 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 the source of help and transformation for others. That is everything, brothers and sisters. That's everything. That is everything. So who is qualified to do that? You are. I don't care what your mindset is. I don't care if you stutter. I don't care if you, if you don't talk right. I don't care if you can't speak right. It doesn't matter. Give yourself to him and he can do incredible things through you. But first he has to do incredible things in you. And a lot of us are missing the in you part. They don't want to give up what they have. Paul says... None of you could really amount or equal yourself to me on this level because I had everything. But I now count all of that stuff as dung for the glory of knowing and embracing Jesus Christ. Have you made that decision today? Have you considered yourself a nobody that somebody named Christ could live in you and then live through you? Have you made that decision today? See, as long as you think this is still about you, it'll be about you. And if it's about you, then it won't be about anything else. But if you believe this is about Christ, then you join the army of those who are willing to do whatever it takes in harvesting the people of God. Let me finish reading this. Paul says, I didn't want some petty inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally experience his resurrection power. I don't know about y'all today, but this is, this is so vitally important. He didn't say, I just know 
Christ. He didn't say, I just know there was a resurrection. He said it was personal. He said he actually experienced the resurrection power. Jesus got up. We know the story. We've heard it. We've heard it sung. We've heard it said. But he got up. Why have you experienced the resurrection power? Because whatever you have, you can then share. But if you haven't experienced what it means to have Christ get up for you, then you'll never be able to translate that information to the lost. You'll never be able to tell those people what it means to have Christ get up for them if you don't know how and why he got up for you. And how much you needed it. Because if you can't experience that, if you can't articulate that, you'll never be able to prove to those people that they need this resurrected Jesus. So have you experienced this resurrection power? Oh, I'm going to say this. I want to make sure you understand. Are you saved today? (laughs) Are you saved? Oh, I know we can say those words in relation to a question. You say, brother, yeah, I'm saved. But have you experienced what that actually means? What the price of that situation was? What the continuation of God's plan inside of you is that now he can live in you so he can live through you. Have you experienced that? Because if you have, then you can translate that to somebody else. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could... Know Christ personally. Experience his resurrection power. Be a partner in his suffering. And go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead. I wanted to do it. I'm not saying. Pastor Ben is not saying, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye. On the gold where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and I'm running and I'm not turning back. Where are you on this journey? Where are you? You know, sometimes we don't realize we confuse the rituals of our denominational sway with the intimate relationship with Christ. Because you know all of the Baptist regulations, all of the African Methodist Episcopal regulations, because you know all of the tenets of this particular denomination and all the tenets of that, uh, because you know what we believe, you know what our faith statement says, I, we believe, we believe, all of those things. Again, I have got nothing against that. I'm, t- I'm just trying to tell you something today. You can know all those things and not know Jesus. You can know all of those rules and regulations and not 
know Jesus. I'm here to tell you today, based on the scripture says, you couldn't beat Paul at rule keeping. You couldn't beat Paul at the knowledge of understanding what rules and regulations were. But he said he counted them all dog dung. Why? Because of the glory of knowing Jesus. So I'm here to tell you something today as we close out this particular segment. Knowing Jesus is more important than anything you will ever think about, contemplate, or hear about. Knowing Jesus is more important because you will experience what God's true plan was from the Garden of Eden up until this point all the way through Revelations. He has a plan. His plan is to use you in that plan that we can be instruments that he uses, lives in, and then lives through to go get the lost, to go get those that are confused. So I'm going to say this from the bottom of my heart. Don't you dare think that there's anybody out there who is not worthy to hear about Jesus because the Bible said every knee will bow. I said, every knee will bow. Why will it bow? Because people like you and I, who are not the brightest light on the tree, is not the most articulate person in the world, will go and tell them about a personal experience we are having with Jesus Christ as he lives in us and through us. That is what serves people. He will give you miracles to go along with that. He'll give you power to go along with that. But from your mouth to somebody else's ear, with that conviction, your conviction will change them, brothers and sisters. Hear me. It will change them. I don't care how far off they are right now. I don't care how, how crazy they seem to be right now. There was a man that was so out of control that he was chained up in a cemetery naked. A story, a biblical story. He's chained in the cemetery. Not one chain, but a bunch of chains, naked. Why? Because he was full of demons. And this man was so out of control, he couldn't live in the community. He couldn't live in society. He was out of his mind. Jesus got off a boat, walked up the hill. This man seen Jesus. More importantly, the demons in the man seen Jesus and said, Hey, you came too early. I'm paraphrasing right now. You came for us before your time. But once this man interacted with Jesus, please hear me today. Once this crazy, chained, naked man interacted with Jesus, the demons were gone. This man is calm. The chains are removed. He's dressed. He can now go into the community and tell the community about a Jesus they still don't know about, even though they thought they were better than him because he was chained in the cemetery. I don't think y'all understand me today. See, you can sit in this glass position thinking you are better than other people. But I'm here to tell you today, those people that you think are worthless, those are the ones that when they hear the name Jesus will hunger and thirst for his righteousness and he will live in them and then through them. And then they'll come and tell you about this Jesus. They'll come and tell you about this intimate relationship with him. So where are you at right now? Do you know him? Almost done. Last four. Says... So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, 
If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. Anything less than total commitment, your vision is blurred. I said anything less than total commitment to Christ, your vision is blurred. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Brothers and sisters, all of Christ and all of me means total commitment on your part. Can I tell you a secret? God already totally committed to us. He sent his one and only son. Jesus totally committed to us. Here is God who comes to earth in the form of man. Faces an ugly, horrible betrayal. Who faces beating, skin removed off his body. Who did all of those things for us. Then his commitment didn't waver. Because when he got on the cross, he knew when sin entered his body, he'd be separated from his father. He knew he would be. He cried out. Oh. <laughs> Again, he, he cried out because he knew these sins would separate him from a just God. But totally committed to you and I that he was willing to do that. Willing to go to the tomb. Willing to get up. Totally committed to God's plan. How committed are you to God's plan? I'm here to tell you today, as we close this thing, there are a lot of organizations and people who want your allegiance. They want you to follow their plan. You can do second best if you want to. I've made up my mind. Totally committed to Christ. Do I have it all right? Of course not. Am I perfect at it? Of course not. But I'm pressing. I'm pressing on towards the mark. I'm not giving up. I'm not looking back. I'm forgetting those things that are behind me. And I'm pressing forward to those things that are ahead of me. I need you to do the same thing. All of Christ. And all of me. I have no other reason. To live. And because he's in me, I now live better than I ever have before in my life. Brothers and sisters, I thank you for going along with me in this particular series. I thank you for participating. I thank you for taking it serious. I pray, God, that's been of great benefit to you. All of Christ in all of me. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great day in the Lord.